Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Weirdly Magical podcast. I am Louise, or Lou, and um, I'm an astrologer, a shamanic practitioner, and the writer of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Find Your Soul's True Purpose. I offer soul astrology readings, classes, and I also have a Patreon where I have different reward levels. All can be found at louiseeddington.com with one D. And Jen? Hi, everyone. I'm Jen. <laughs> An Akashic reader and healer, numerologist, teacher, author, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. Um, Sharing divine guidance tailored to foster the spark within to inspire your own genius and liberate you from old stories and programming. So I offer illuminating readings, workshops, and I have a email-based program, monthly membership, and you can find it all on my website. And today, Jen and I, we're going to be looking at the energy of the upcoming Aries new moon that is on April the 5th, uh, 2019 at 9.51 a.m. Universal time. That's uh, London, England time. And um, it takes place at 15 degrees of Aries. So we'll be looking at that. But before we dive into the energies, um, I'd love to do some housekeeping. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe at your favorite podcast provider um, and, and or go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Also, we'd love to announce that we have a Patreon for just the podcast now. And for just $5 a month, you can support our podcast. And we'll be introducing special patron-only content moving forward. That can be found at patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. And last but not least, on each episode um, from now on, we are going to feature a listener question. Um, questions need to be emailed to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and one question will be chosen at random. No, no personal details will be shared on the podcast other than your first name. So send us your questions. We actually don't have any for this episode. We're looking forward to answering juicy questions um, moving forward though. So diving into the energies. Um, yes, this uh, new moon. Um, as I said, it's at 15 degrees of Aries, 15 degrees, 17 minutes to be precise. It's almost exactly um, aspecting Ceres in Sagittarius that's at 14 degrees. Um, also around that degree, we still have uh, Neptune hovering at 17 degrees of Pisces. By the new moon, Mercury will have moved beyond Neptune again to 18 and almost 19 degrees of Pisces. But Venus is um, about to join Neptune um, on the new moon. So really, we've still got quite a conflagration at the middle degrees of Pisces. So we'll speak to that as well. 
We're also probably going to touch on a cardinal grand cross that the new moon is widely aspecting and that's going to be bringing a big amount of change uh, coming up. Um, Jen, why don't you kind of kick us off a little bit? All right. So first I'm going to just uh, talk about the card that I pulled from the deck, Mm. which is a 14. And um, for those of you who can't see the card, it is like a landscape where there is a kind of a stone kind of area and this woman holding a, it's like energy, it's almost like a, a, a energetic ball, which mm-hmm. could be a world or something spinning. And from her is this uh, ribbon, a ribbon of red that some people think of as blood with a connection to the earth. And in the background, there is a person on a bicycle riding along a, what do you call that, a tightrope. Yes, so it's very much a, 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 you know, a moment, or the way I see it, is a moment of um, acceptance or taking a certain stance about your life and and being willing to do the work. So there's also this... um, brass part here with the canary some people see that as this a warning sign or a reminder as you can see that the figure is very inward looking but it also she has roots growing out of her so she's uh, taking root but also being a daredevil in the sense of i'm going to do the thing i need to do and there's quite a, a interesting symbolism in this card which i find quite fascinating I think the bottom line is here is she is saying, I am here. Mm. uh, I think this speaks quite uh, strongly to this moon that we're looking at and this time we're in, which is uh, flooded with this female energy. So we can feel like the female energy is starting to take hold, Mm. starting to do things. So if we look at mythology and some of these... um, aspects that we that Lewis mentioned and we've mentioned before and we're going to be talking about is the um, the role that uh, strong females have played so they've played these roles often in the background in the beginning so we might not always know what they're doing but there's things going on and I think that's uh, uh, this card is talking about this this kind of girding my loins thing that I don't know if that applies to females or males but it just feels like a very uh, (laughs) female energy of you know I'm taking my position and my role and I'm going to decide what it means and what needs to be done so there's kind of this strategic um, strategic compassion so it's not this just foolishly I'm just going to trust everyone and I'm just going to you know let them decide it's much more of, I know what needs to happen, so I'm going to put myself into that action. I'm going to kind of be pulling some of the strings and uh, bringing about some movement and impact or catalysts that need to happen to shift things. I find it funny that there's a a woman on a bicycle in the background, on a tightrope. I just thought they were flying. So I was like, it's E.T. And... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and and the woman's holding this kind of magical like universe ball in her hand i'm like this is really interstellar this is like <laughs> and i didn't see the canary as a warning sign because the canary's alive <laughs> that's right the canary's taken into the mines of course to warn of gas but the can if there's danger then it then it dies and the canary was alive in the cot <laughs> Well, that's all good points. And I think this is really, you know, different people have different... Uh, of course. Well, I was giving my, yeah, yeah. I love. It's great to hear your interpretation. And I think it's great that you hit on the intergalactic, because I do think we are in that space where we are uh, kind of expanding to allow this kind of intergalactic movement or dance to take place. And mm. there are things stirring in the universe that are beginning to do things really yeah come alive uh, so i think this is really a, a marvelous time for us to recognize that we're not alone and that there are forces sometimes mm -hmm. the forces we may not agree with but there are things happening on a much bigger plane so we can't get too rigid or in fear about what what looks what we're looking at we've got to look at a much bigger picture I also saw on the card, um, was it a goat or a ram on the right hand the side? The ram, yes, that's an Aries, that's right. Aries. Aries. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to mention everything, but yes, yeah. that is pretty interesting that since this is the first moon uh, of what would be the traditional beginning of the year, yeah. uh, since Aries is the first sign, that how fascinating that we get a card that, of course, is uh, has an Aries, uh, the ram in there. And I found it interesting too, because the other horned animal that's um, in the zodiac is, of course, the goat, the horned goat in Capricorn. And I actually pulled out the card for the 15 tarot card, which is the Capricorn card, which is the devil. Now, I want to read you the quote with this one. Um, for those that can't see it, this is the Toth tarot and the devil is very devilish and very naughty looking in the Toth tarot. And I, I just love him. Uh, because Capricorn, people forget that Capricorn is actually a female sign because everybody associates it with the patriarchy. But um, the quote that goes with this in the book that goes with these cards is the difference between a comedy and a tragedy is that in a comedy, the characters figure out reality in time to do something about it. <laughs> now, <laughs> that seems really relevant to me because, you know, everything seems really serious. Everything's, the world's going to shit, everybody says. Well, I just think we have to look at it and, you know, look at what bedevils us and take our horns to it. So here we have the, the ram and the goat. We've got to <laughs> lock horns with it and have fun with it and break it all up. I don't know if that's my interpretation. Anyway. I kind of like. I think, yeah, and I think you bring up a good point because we have to remember we're in a twelve-year, and one of the key things of one, two, three, we know uh, that this is about having fun, being in joy, uh, mm -hmm. taking the you know, and we have you know, of course, Uranus going has gone into Aries, um, Taurus, mm -hmm. but taking the bull by the horns. This the idea to me is taking the bull by the horns is actually grabbing the horns and jumping on the back of the bull and going right you know and that's there's that whole tradition with europa um you know yeah. taking the power the female power and this idea that i'm going to write this life is what it is it's this adventure this game whatever you want to call it 
I'm going to be involved in my life. I'm not going to let someone else uh, tell me how to live my life. And I think that's the key here. This is the awakening point of having this repeating 15, you know, the seven, seven, this is the seventh 15, mm-hmm. which is kind of that reset point because we have to remember the 15 degrees is the doorway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, this is a major doorway, 15 of Aries. It is. Um, it's one of the four major doorways that they talk about in magic and in uh, um, mythology, etc. So that's pretty powerful to be at this place where we get to choose our way forward. We get to choose who we are in change. And I just think all these things keep popping in my head. Wasn't it George Carlin who said something about it's a ride baby, enjoy the ride or something? Anyway. <laughs> Right, exactly. I mean, it's like, this is it. We can have, we can suffer and be in pain and go, there's nothing I can do. We can play the victim and go, well, I might as well enjoy this because we don't know what's happening. So at least if I'm having a good time, I'm enjoying the game and I'm not taking it so seriously. And I think it's kind of funny, the devil card, the tarot card, that in actual fact, even though kind of devil kind of the idea we have this whole story about the devil mm-hmm. um, uh, that in actual fact the, the the people in the image are not even attached to the devil right nope. they, their ropes or whatever are loose so it's an illusion there's an illusion that you know the devil is making us do it yeah but they're saying have fun with it and the card actually is, is the principle of mirth and humor at what bedevils us. Right, which is a different take. In the traditional tarot, people tend to think of the devil. Oh, they do, yeah. Something evil. But, you know, it's it's our own judgment that holds us in that space, right? Like, oh, I can't do this because people will say this about me. I can't do that because it won't look good. Mm. I can't do the third thing because I won't have what I want. And, of course, those are all... It's just uh, those are the, the things that bedevil us, right? Is our illusion of keeping up appearances. Yeah. And fascinating because in Aries, right, the first house that's about the body, right? How we appear in the world. Like our right. and it's the I am and right. yeah. And and of our very appear how we see ourselves as well. It's uh but I kind of want to pull back a bit because we're recording this on March the 25th and we have a hell of a lot of stuff happening before this new moon. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. I see it as this big, I, I wrote it in one of my articles, I called it the womb of the world. You know, um, we, we're coming out of this amniotic fluid of Pisces, but as we record this, we're still in it. And then we're moving from the amniotic fluid of the last um, sign into this Aries energy. And um, as we record, we are, it is March the 25th, right? Yeah. Three days away from Mercury stationing direct. Um, It's been the longest Mercury retrograde on history. It feels like. (laughs) And I am normally one of those people who goes, Oh, there's too much fear around Mercury retrograde. But this one, has been it's been magical as well so i'm joking people who know me know i joke around 
but yesterday Mercury met with Neptune exactly. Today we are approaching the Mercury station direct on March the 28th. Um, then we have the perfecting of the Cardinal Grand Cross that involves Eris, Pallas Athena and the Moon's nodes all at 23 degrees. Then Mercury passes Neptune again. <laughs> And then we have the north, the new moon. So we've kind of between us recording and this Aries new moon at 15 degrees, we have a whole lot of confusing energy and a whole lot of stuff to talk about and a whole lot of shifting. So shall we back up and start? How's your Mercury retrograde been? <laughs> How are you finding this last portion with it next to ne joined at the hip with Neptune? <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting. I have found it uh, uh, quite, um, I guess, magical would be the word, although tiring too. There's been a lot of insight. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how all this magic, all these magical creatures and energies are rising from the water, from the union of Mercury and um, Neptune, because Mercury is not only the messenger, there's also the, um, you know, this mercurial energy, that, that trickster energy that can be fun, right? That's what we're talking about. Um, so I, I find that fascinating. So I've actually found, interesting enough, I was, uh, I suddenly started last week kind of feeling like, wow, I actually feel like I've finally woken up and like, like I've been in a dream state for I don't know, the last few years or something. And I'm like, oh, no, and I'm like doing things like that I have on have had on my list for quite a long time and haven't done, which I'm finding quite fascinating. So mm. I'm feeling very different. And I don't know if that's because, of, you know, this is all happening in Mercury retrograde. I hope I still keep it when, I, when it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of how I felt about it. I... I um, I feel like I've kind of come into myself in some kind of weird way that, uh, you know, it's almost like all the pieces were like scattered everywhere and now they've kind of all started to morph into wholeness. And um, so I'm kind of, the picture I get is like what I was showing about the card. It's like, oh yeah, here I am. I found all my pieces. They will come back into place. And now I'm, you know, ready to go forward. So um, yeah, that's how it's been for me so far. Yeah, and, and it's mostly been magical for me, I have to say. It's just the last couple of days we've had a, the, the, the Mercury glitch technical things. And they're, they're in the big scheme of things, they're nothing, you know. Um, but overall, you know, I've, I've seen this retrograde as, you know, it started at that very last degree of the whole zodiac. I really feel like it's been revealing a lot of things we we can choose to just let go of that are stopping us just stepping into the magic of who we are and I love that Jen mentioned um that Mercury isn't just the messenger he's not you know in in the tarot he's the mages the magician it's the Mercury card um he's mercurial he's fun he's a shapeshifter he's so if you if you've been able to shift into any of that feeling during this retrograde then um then i think the results of it will be quite magical to be honest i personally feel i have as well 
it since that eclipse august the 21st 2017 the date etched in history for me i have let go of so much stuff that i the shoulds the things i thought i should do um illusions delusions all that kind of thing it's still shifting i'm not saying i've become this magical person that's all healed (laughs) (laughs) but mercury retrograde has done a lot of that you know and i i know what you mean it's almost like it's beginning to shift these clouds of not being able to do stuff yeah yes yes a sense of obscurity you know a sense of kind of this you know we've been in the deep waters or seen ourselves a certain way seen ourselves as creatures of the i can't you know i can't do that because i have to do this and blah 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 forever and so significant that it's come back towards neptune from the final degree of the the final degree of the pisces final degree of and to the degree of the last new moon exactly at that yeah. degree and come <laughs> back all the way to uh, the space of uh, the gateway mm-hmm. and meeting the spirituality because if we think about neptune you know truly Neptune spiritualizes us, allows us to break away from the illusion, that illusion that somehow we're victims, because we have to remember also uh, the jail aspect of Neptune, right? There's that aspect of putting ourselves in jail, uh, which I think ties up a lot to what we've talked about, the card, the 15 degree, you know, the fact that it's the devil and that we're chained to uh, certain behaviors, we can't help ourselves, we're forced into it. Yeah. And reclaiming our power, which means that we now see, like we can choose to, you know, uh, trick ourselves, talk about Mercury, right? This idea that, oh, I don't see that. That's not true. Uh, but the bottom line is we are the ones that are in charge of our destiny, our, our steps, the steps we take every day and our reaction to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and holding on to all those ideas that we were given that uh, we don't need anymore they were great they kept us safe and all that but hey we don't need it anymore we can choose you know because we're choosing what we value because we are stripping away i mean everyone i know around me is you know going through their clothes or, yeah. or kind of minimizing and clearing and that helps us to clear what's in our head and you know, around us but that clearing away helps us to see like wow there was no chain on this gate of this prison it's just you know there was just so much stuff in front of it i couldn't tell that i was free exactly i know (laughs) (laughs) and all we have to do is walk around it or let it go (laughs) leave it there leave it there but mercury by the time mercury mercury will move into aries on april the 16th i think by the time mercury moves out of his shadow and we've had this Aries new moon and we've had this Cardinal Grand Cross and, and all these other things are shifting. I think things will, you know, I think the, the clouds are clearing already, mm. but I think it's going to get clearer and clearer. Aries is very direct, very straightforward, very clarity of thought, clarity of will, clarity of drive. Once the, um, once we emerge from the soup of Pisces, which is magical in its own way, we'll be able to take that forward, though, is what I'm meaning. There's a reason all these things come after each other. 
exactly. There's a pattern, and you know, to find the uh, um, the matching in you and the pattern, because you know, when we let go of things, we we are challenged by our um, reliance on you know uh, equipment and all of that, because we're using that to help us, but then we get chained to it. Like I can't survive without. Oh, you know, everything's gone out. What do I do? Uh, so it's good to have that freedom. I think it's important to also remember that this is a April is a fifteen um sixteen seven months universally, which is you know the two plus one plus nine, which gives us the twelve plus four for April. Uh, so this is a huge month because you know just knowing this is kind of the traditional new year or the awakening for those of us on the uh, northern hemisphere mm -hmm. 16 7 that's a, a a number that uh, gives us that those lightning flashes the depth of energy in within us to see things we've never seen and to break through and i do think that all the things we've been experiencing and out in the world like we've all had our issues of things we've wanted or relied on that are just more and more proving that they're falling apart, mm. which is another aspect of the 16, right? In the tarot, the tower, which means everything that's on the top or that we have revered is falling down. Yes, the tower is falling, it's breaking. And so we are forced to move away from that, right? We're forced to move away from our reliance on mm. someone else being in charge, like we have to take charge. We have to trust our intuition. We have to look to the past, not to like just repeat what we've done, but go, oh, I don't want to have that same same thing that happened because I did this and then this happened. No, I want something completely different. So now I'm just gonna do something crazy or different. So I don't, I don't wanna forget to mention as well, Jen already mentioned that this is the seventh of seven new moons at this degree at 15 degrees of different signs and the the first one was back on october the 8th last year at the exact opposite point of this so that was at 15 degrees of libra so we've been moved through all the signs until we come to this exact opposite point now because astrology is all about cycles and and kind of memories of what happened in this point and completion and like we have the form the lunar cycle everything is cycles in astrology and the numbers always tie in as well you know we need to look back to october to, to trigger your own memory for your own life um jen and i did look up and um just before that new moon was when um Khashoggi disappeared. Um, the um iranian was he? no he's saudi he was saudi the saudi journalist disappeared in the saudi embassy um and there was a lot of flooding back in that october and we have a lot of flooding this month too so you know think back to that time what began you know we've been in this big portal of seven new moons at 15 degrees and in between those seven we've had five full moons at zero degrees that's pretty unusual to have that many lunations at the same degree. Um, 
And so I see this as a huge portal of shifting and change. Jen talked to the number 15. I always see it because it's the 15th degree of the signs as the very, it is the very middle degree. So I see it as like a fulcrum of change. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the point of, of shifting in the degrees. So that points to change. The zeros, or we've talked about that many times, of being infinite possibilities of new beginnings, really, because it's the first degree. So what's changed for you in not just in this Mercury retrograde, but in this last period since October? Um, I think you'll find a lot of uh, indicators as to where you're going if you look back at what's shifted for you already. Would you agree? (laughs) Totally. I think that's an excellent point. It's remembering that going from the zero degree to the 15 degree and back to the zero degree and back to the 15 degree for six, you know, it was five, I think it was five for the full moon, the zero degree full moons um, and 15 for the new moon. So it's very interesting that the degrees were 15 for the new moons, right? Mm -hmm the center point that gateway this is a a very magical number that allows us to recognize what is true for us and and go for the um, you know choose love choose community choose connection uh, choose to be of service not in servitude and then of course have the zeros so we're going from this uh, discovery into a big pool of nothingness back into discovery back into the pool so it's over and over we're having this kind of shock treatment if you will it's a bit like a heartbeat uh, or a breath breath breathe in breathe out breathe in right right. (laughs) exactly that's a great way to put it so we definitely have expanded our sphere that we live in and so we've begun to go well all those things I was afraid of, maybe I don't need to be afraid of it anymore. All those things I thought were so important or mattered, maybe that doesn't matter to me anymore because we're we're being gently kind of pushed and pulled into hot and cold, hot and cold, or or like what were you saying? Sorry, that slipped out of my head. Uh, the breath. Yes, like breathing in, breathing out. Yeah, <laughs> breathing in, breathing out. <laughs> It's that's the uh, a great way to bellows, <laughs> right? And and that is indicated like when we are like I get the picture of like in water like when we at it like if you go to a spa and you get into cold water then you get into hot water and you get yeah. cold and hot. What happens is your your cells are getting shocked and expanded, and so you're having an experience that wakes you up and relaxes you, and you're like, oh, I'm not as afraid of what I was what I was afraid of before. Mm. Uh, so it's a fascinating um, experience to be going through this. And definitely when Khashoggi uh, was uh, murdered, um, I believe they have established that he was murdered. Yes. So um, that's a hugely shocking thing if you think about it. Like you go to a place where you know you're safe. This is, you know, you're going for this thing and then, and your fiance is just waiting for you outside, and you just never appear. That's right. Wow. And then you're, uh, you know, you have an awful death. Um, so I think that's, you know, there's something there in there. Just the the narrative, besides the horrible experience for uh, Khashoggi, uh, and all of us to kind of be witnesses to this this horror, is a, a story there for us to kind of go 
that we do these things every day and we think this is just ordinary life, which it is, mm -hmm. and yet there can be this great impact. So where do we want to put our attention? What we want to do? I mean, people say that he knew that this was a possibility and maybe he did. Uh, but the point is that if we are doing our normal life and if we know that uh, in the past, the realm of possibilities is anything, mm -hmm. what are we choosing to do? Where are we choosing to go? What are we entering? What are we connecting to? And um, what do we think about it? Because if we're just doing things out of rote or because we're supposed to, and then we have something like this, mm. then we're more likely to go, well, why did I do all those things that didn't matter or didn't matter to me, mm. you know, just to be a good person or just to be seen because, you know, on a, more, on a mundane level as well, though, don't be surprised if something comes up about it. Because, you know, um, our esteemed president did not hold the Saudi government accountable at all yeah. for it. And we all know all the kind of things that are going on at the moment. I'm not suggesting exactly how it will go, but I don't think that story's dead in the water yet. Yeah. Definitely not. So we can expect that's going to be some new information coming forward. And I would imagine with this energy that's coming in April and what we see now on the chart is um, to expect uh, surprises. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, our voice is just beginning to rise. Like we, the people, are just beginning to uh, to to find our voice and speak out. So even though it feels like we've been through mud and struggle, uh, we haven't actually been doing the clear things that we need to do. So it's going to be very interesting to see what comes up. I also think we will see some of that need to stop repeating this. Yes, because there was some of that in October as well. So I, I agree. And, you know, to add to what's bringing that up, I think this Grand Cross to the nodes is because anything that squares the um, the lunar nodes is also another um, turning point. Um, it just always is. And here this month, um, pretty much exact March 29th, 30th, we have the goddess of wise justice, Pallas Athena, <laughs> in Libra, the sign of uh, the divine feminine, um, opposing Eris, who's also a revealer of um, unfairness and artifice. And both of those are squaring the lunar nodes. But not only are they squaring the nodes, they are squaring Saturn in Capricorn, Pluto in Capricorn, the south node in Capricorn, and as the Grand Cross becomes as exact as it could possibly be, the moon will actually eclipse or occult Saturn and Pluto just before that. Um, so the patriarchy is being eclipsed again. Yes, yes. And, and, and by that, again, I mean the institutions of the patriarchy. So Me Too movement, the government all that stuff and and also things that have been hidden because this oh, is yeah. transformation we're transforming what has been mm -hmm. and of course saturn is very much a uh, um, stickler for detail mm -hmm. bringing out 
whatever needs to come out to bring this transformation about. And I find it fascinating that the, um, the nodes are right there with all of this, like really part of it. And of course the, um, what do you call it? The South node, right? The South node is, is our drain. It's like where the old stuff is going. And uh, so yeah. it's draining. The energy there will be draining and is draining. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as um, Pluto transforming. Right. And then uh, the things we have to let go of. So, mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, North Node is in the house of the moon, which is the people. So fascinating that that's all happening and, and slowly, slowly. And I, I find it amazing that we have these female energies uh, remembering they, they are pretty tough uh, energies these female mm. energies uh, uh palace athena series uh oh series, yes of course right. series in sagittarius they have suffered when you look at their mythology they've all suffered for who they were so Absolutely. they uh, uh they are fierce warriors i mean they're not just gonna just go oh your feelings are hurt or oh you don't like the idea of going to jail oh well you know there's this uh, very tough energy that's coming to the fore like mm-hmm. if you look at the mythology of most of these stories they they're always depicting the female as you know even though she's strong and she's got all these things but she needed some man to help her and save her and yes bullshit this is total bullshit and we've lived with that bullshit right because yeah. it's not that we can't work together male and female of course but that we can't give up what's important to us just to make somebody else feel stronger or better or that they don't suffer. Yeah. 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 It's fascinating times, but, <laughs> and, and let's talk a little bit more about Ceres because she is um, aspecting this uh, new moon very closely. And there's also, um, what was the other thing we were going to talk about? The, um, there's a fixed star as well. And I have I lost my page for that. I think I have. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I haven't. I've found it. Oh, I've just got too many, too much going on in my mind. Mercury. Um, so everybody again, Mercury and Neptune are squaring all my Sagittarius stuff. So they're kind of making me sound like a drunken sailor at times because <laughs> Where am I? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, spinach. Uh (laughs) So we've talked talked about the Grand Cross, but um, this new moon at 15 degrees is in trine aspect to Ceres um, at 14 degrees in Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And uh, the new moon is also conjunct um, a fixed star called Alpha Rats, and she is um, she is a, actually a very fortunate fixed star, being Jupiter and Venus in nature. She gives independence, freedom, love, riches, honor, and a keen intellect. But notice it's a feminine energy again, and and then Ceres or Ceres is a very fem- feminine energy again. And Ceres, um, well, I'll let you, Jen. You talk about Ceres. Well. Uh, what I would say about Ceres is that um, she was the mother, or is, if we talk about it, the uh, kind of this mother figure who was actually 
married to Jupiter, so they didn't always have a. Had, they were very much in love and then had a bit of an abusive relationship. Mm. But what's interesting here is that Ceres was also the mother of Persephone. Mm. Of course, she had to negotiate with uh, Pluto to so that the daughter could come out and bring the life because Ceres is the mother of the harvest, the seed. What are we creating? The fertile ground. So she is very much involved in creating a new fertile ground because that's where we are right now. We have the ability to recreate or seed new ground from a whole new place. And I feel like that's what all these female energies are telling us. Like, just forget about what what has been. Use the story in a way to empower yourself and recognize that you can start over, build something new, build something that has better foundations and isn't reliant on those stories that said, you know, I was weak or this one was weak. And so we needed to, you know, run away and cry. I think it's as well interesting. Oh, no, it's not that there's anything wrong with going and going to ground and, and having that energy of going to the dark and kind of letting yourself seed uh, that energy. But also now we are coming into a time of action and we need to be able to take action. So we have to take care of ourselves so we can do what, what's required of us. And I will also mention that thing you were talking about, the um, that fixed star of, uh, what's the name? Alpharats. Alpharats, indeed. Alpharats was, is considered the head and neck and shoulders, I believe, of the and princess Andromeda, who was chained by her mother to Cassiopeia, to the rock. And if we think about that, this is a lot to do with what the the plutocracy has, uh, uh, patriarchy has done to us, right? They've taken Mm -hmm. uh, woman or the the power of woman and chained it to a rock and said, okay, you'll just perform when I need you to perform. You'll do the things I need you to do. And so this is that moment where all these females come together and go, okay, we're just going to blow up all this old stuff and set everyone free. So now you can start on a level playing ground. And I do want to mention, um, I mean, I am reading from astrology king um website about alpharats that alpharats calf which is also known as beta cassiopeia i or and alganib <laughs> and they're all fixed stars they are together known as the three guides that mark the prime meridian of the heavens it was believed to bless those born under its influence with honor and riches but um I just want to mention that because when I come to read the Chandra symbol, that's um, the three becomes very significant. And I do feel like all these things are kind of converging together to, to bring us all freedom from these patriarchal constructs and, and things like that. So uh, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's significant too that that series, as we talked about, is that fourteen degrees, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, fourteen. It, it makes a five, which is about mm-hmm. change, knowing change is coming. But also about using her voice. Fourteen is a number of using your voice to speak out, to share, like out in the 
in the world very loudly, like, you know, to anyone who will listen, that this is what is happening. And yeah. I was going to say Ceres in astrology, of course, is also known as the great mother. And, um, you know, here we have, um, we've talked about the moon and, and the cancer North node, and that's all very nurturing motherly energy as well. And of course the moon is conjunct the sun on a new moon we've got all this really mothering energy coming in it's as if you know it's not just about the warrior female it's nothing any about that it's about honoring the place of this mothering nurturing energy and validation and um, acknowledgement of emotion as being as important as rationality think we've talked about that before but you know we can't it's all we can't have the left brain without the right brain (laughs) we can't have the left side without the right side we can't have the nurturing and the rational without emotion as well um it's all being diminished in um in our society you know oh you're too emotional oh you're irrational and um, it's been more commonly used to put down the female, but it's been put, it, it's been used against men as well to put them down. Um, and all of this is eclipsing, literally eclipsing or occulting this idea that you have to be hard, solid, rational, always factual. <laughs> yes, and that's an excellent point. I think a lot of it is very, you know, this idea that... Um, emotion or softness somehow takes away strength and using kind of those soft things against us um, mm-hmm. that can kind of chain us right mm-hmm. oh i'm being emotional so i better keep quiet or whatever we choose to do that's also a chain uh, but it is true when we have the great love when we know we are loved um, and we're willing to express our our emotion and not be um silenced or perturbed by the idea that someone's going to use those as arrows against us when we know we're loved uh, and we come from a place of love and strength from love then you know we can certainly do a lot more things than otherwise and of course the number 15 is very much a loving number so it is true that and i love that you brought that up because i think that's something to really remember that most of the reason why we're hurting uh, or have all these things have been done to us and we've done to others, manipulating and all this has been because we haven't felt loved or we've wanted to get love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John Lennon, wise man. <laughs> love is all we need. <laughs> He's right, you know. <laughs> and, and also thinking when we think about love is, you know, it's not just this emotion, but it's the support yeah. system and it's it's a recognition for responsibility. You know? And that's the key people sometimes forget. They think because you're loving uh, that you don't require people to take responsibility or uh, meet needs. And that's not true, right? But when we know we're loved, we can do our best without worrying about um, being shamed for it yeah yeah okay so are we at the symbols time do you think 
Oh, pretty much. Uh, unless, is there anything else? Was you talked about the Saturn thing? Yeah. Um, I think if there's anything else. We oh, Vesta. We wanted to the Vesta. Yeah. Um, the fact that v Venus will be in um, Pisces by the time of the new moon. Venus is about to move into Pisces as we record. And that's a beautiful energy. So look forward to, you know, the world looking a little rosier with Venus in Pisces. Creativity, hugely on the rise. Um, Venus is called, is said to be exalted in Pisces. It's kind of higher love kind of energy. So pulling us to that loving energy again. Yeah. Vesta will be at zero Aries conjunct. Kiron, the maverick shaman on the new moon. Um, another drying out, but Vesta focus and um, commitment moving into Aries saying it's really time to kind of focus on who you be now, I would say. Yes, absolutely. And of course, with a zero degree and on top of it, Vesta is the fire, right? The heart, the fire of what matters to you, what lights your heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and apparently she's also the one that uh, you know uh, the vestal virgin energy so she comes as one who is unto herself mm -hmm. so she can she's the one that's in charge of her body right yeah that uh, she can refuse her favors to those that want to abuse her mm. so um, I find that definitely there's something that we, like we talked about and definitely with Chiron or Chiron. Uh, yeah, however you say it. I don't yeah, know. You're probably right, Chiron, the Greek, <laughs> probably more Greek to yeah. say Chiron, I don't know. But um, yeah. I, I think there are two, those uh, with that uh, setup. Um, there's going to be some shifts, some understanding that's coming forward and bringing mm. us that loving energy that has been missing that mm -hmm. idea that we're not loved so we have to it's a harder battle where we we know the love of the great mother and the great mothers and the surrounding we really are liberated we are sorry and, and vesta moving into aries as well uh we could say that it's um really kind of you know time to focus on how you can do breathe the change that you want to see in the world um yeah. you know, instead of looking out there you know whilst we're being pulled to remember that we're all in it together and um we're all one big family and things we each have to do our part so i love the idea of vesta standing there with the flame in the hearth of her heart or in her hand or by the flame saying what what can i do this individual what part can i do in all this so Right, and this is what they say, that who was it who said never doubt the power of the individual to change the world? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing, is we look and say, what can I do? And the truth is, what can I do? Because everything we do, like just the way we carry ourselves in our daily life and how we treat other people mm -hmm. and how we treat ourselves impact on the world because everything is growing and changing and connected absolutely yeah oh i love these times we're in 
even though everybody goes, oh, the world's falling apart, I think it's quite exciting, the opportunities that we have. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the fertility. Uh, exactly. Yeah, the rebirth, it's amazing. Because um, I didn't mention, actually, and I don't think I mentioned to you, Jen, that, um, you know, we've talked about that Grand Cross with Pallas Athena there. Quickly, I will mention that also over there with Pallas Athena in Libra is Haumea, um, the goddess of rebirth and fertility. And um, asteroid Lilith is over there in Libra as well. And she is really the original whole woman more even than black moon lilith so um so a whole lot of feminine energy right and I, I think we have to remember the pantheon of these women coming together or these beings coming together as a team mm -hmm. that this isn't a one-shot deal this is this experience over you know time and they're and coming from different cultures and things too whereas you know before, um, a lot of the astro astronomical naming has been just Roman and Greek, very patriarchal kind of things. These are from, you know, these Inuit goddesses and Hawaiian goddesses and all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot more um, kind of global and fluid. Yes, and I think one thing to encourage people, if you're listening, is to draw the strengths from the... Uh, the goddess or the being that speaks to you and, and allow that to let your path be because we're not all warriors in the same way like we no, all do things differently not everyone's going to go out and fight a battle or yell at people or stand in uh, lines but when we do the thing that's true for us and we feel the strength of being uh, loved and uh, protected through mm -hmm. that uh, you know our work is valuable very yeah okay so i'll go ahead and read the chandra symbol first okay because i talked about the three what was it the three um three guides i was going to say the madri which is probably where that comes from well it probably is actually yes and here we have the uh, chandra symbol for the new moon is three sculpted birds one black marble one white marble and one solid gold and the, uh, the write-up about it says, Genius, an extraordinary consciousness in a threefold sweep of the phases of intelligence coming into its fullest dim domain. At first, the naive confidence in the mental powers and in your own ability to know what everyone needs to know and do what everyone needs to do. But later on, there creeps in and always was there hovering the terrible knowledge that you know nothing, understand even less, and are operating in the dark. This can be terrifying, but is also redemptive in radical measure. Then there comes a synthesis, a cooking up of the raw intelligence into a vital grasp of the essentials in life, and in particular of your own place in the world, which we just talked about with a brilliant awakening to the total design and how your own awareness is perfectly poised in the centre to reflect all that is truly. Wow. Yeah. So that to me took us through a 
kind of this Mercury retrograde out to the Aries clarity kind of thing. Well, a <laughs> place of action from a place yeah. of um, contemplation and shifting back and forth. We bring the clearer message out into yeah. the world, right? With that, all of that. So let's see what uh, in uh, the um, Sabian. Yes, thank you. Sorry, my brain isn't working that well, even though it's a magical time. So the Sabian symbol for Aries 16 degrees. Nature spirits are seen at work in the light of sunset. And the keynote here, attunement to the potency of invisible forces of nature. And what it says is in the light of personal fulfillment, which is the symbol of sunset and wisdom, Women must be able to establish a life-giving contact with natural forces. These are active anytime growth processes take place, but man's individualized mind is usually too focused on working for consciously set goals to be able to realize concretely the presence of invisible or, if you like, occult forces in operation. These forces constitute a specific realm of any planetary life. They are inherent in all biospheres on whatever planet. Non-individualized, unfree energies forming in the substratum of life processes. So this is about the integration at the level of planetary as a whole, as an organism with systems of growth, multiplication, um, and it's, it balances, acts as a balancing and harmonizing uh, energy to the human body, to our spirit, um, to the solar energy. Mm. So it's, it's working us through the aspects mm. of nature spirits. Sometimes we're weakened, like at sunset, right? It's the end of the day, so it's weaker than at sunrise. Ah, but is it weaker? It's it's receptive, and that's always pasted. Right. So it depends, right? It depends what you when you look. I think the, our language sometimes is such a poor language. I agree. Yes, I love the word for that one there: repotentialization. Right. right, exactly. Oh. And I think that this is the idea of recognizing. Uh, uh, I was talking to someone today. Um, about I was on an interview and I was talking about the invisible forces of what what's happening and so much stuff happens in the invisible and allowing ourselves to see the orgasmic or, or mm. you know the organism material of all of that mm. and allow ourselves to be enriched by it like mm. when you see the sunset or you experience the sunset in some way you are enriched even if it is the dying of the day and a, a lot of what you read and, and what this says to me speaks a lot to this integrating into this more fem, what's known as feminine energy that's more receptive, more of nature, because nature is a very feminine energy, goddess energy as well. Um, so it's tuning into all that, whereas we've been very um, disconnected to yes, that right. kind of energy. 
Yes, which makes me think about what we were talking about, the princess, the head of the princess. Like you know, a lot of times we have the head is disconnected from the body. Mm -hmm. The idea of the masculine that has been uh, so praised uh, has been the idea of action and making things happen. Mm -hmm. We also have to remember we're in the 20th century now. So the 19th century was much more about... Uh, oh, we're in the 24th. Military. Oh, 21st. <laughs> yeah, 21st, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I always get those. Okay. I'm glad you're here to to set me right. But we had the numbers 19 all the way until 2000. So yeah. that was the focus of that century and quite a yeah. few centuries before, because that one's in the front, right? Yeah. Now we're in the 21st century, which has the two in the front, which is a feminine number first, and it's also about connection and finding the balance between that, the invisible, invisible, the thought and the spirit uh, so yes it's it's interesting i did read somewhere and i'm starting to use the word more womanist i'm a womanist yes. not a feminist i've i've gone completely off the word feminist yeah because it's you know it has so much negative history oh, i always preferred women's liberation anyway so yeah. <laughs> i'm a i was started my activism in the 70s as a teenager where it was women's lib so <laughs> <laughs> right i actually love that expression woman's love because yes, it feels you know it doesn't feel like it's associated with anyone else it's just exactly. our freedom we don't have to ask people permission exactly. and we're not trying to take anything from them we're just wanting what is rightfully ours and finding that balance like you're saying like you know working with the uh, nature with the um, hidden with our intuition Whew. Anyway, Jen, how can everybody find you? I think we've pulled uh, <laughs> on for an hour. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you can find me at jendushen.com and they can find me all over the web. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I do writing and I'm on Instagram, etc. Mm. And my website is louiseeddington.com. Um, I also blog. Um, every day almost and i you can find that on medium.com um or on my patreon.com for a dollar a month you get all my posts in full because i only post excerpts on social media and unless you're a paying member on medium you only get three a month so uh because that's my big focus for this year is to um i i wrote my book last year modern astrology and um before that, before I got the contract to write that, I was writing other things too, and I want to do more this year. So uh, please follow my writing. I also have a group called Planetary Magic Cafe, a Facebook page, Louise Eddington Astrologer. But just Google my name, you'll find me. <laughs> but uh, I think Jen and I are both wanting to do a lot of writing this year. So uh, you'll hear us talking about that quite a lot. So. Oh, and don't forget to send your questions and leave us reviews on iTunes, please. So again, it's weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com to send questions to be featured on an episode of the podcast. So for now, it's goodbye from Lou. Goodbye from Jen. <laughs>